Hello everyone, David here, 40k Fireside Podcast. You may be viewing something that looks a little bit different. We're going to try a couple of new things. Vic and I kind of both want to move to some more live orientated recordings. And uh, this is going to be the first of them. I'm going to be covering some Necrons. But uh, before I jump into that, maybe let's chat about uh, why we're kind of embarking on this. Mainly, we feel like if we do some live recordings and do a lot more live podcasting, it's going to maybe take a bit of the finished edge of what we would normally like to present. But the upside of that is that there's going to be a lot less overhead uh, on myself to cut the podcasts. And well, hopefully that will just mean it's a lot easier for us, which will make it uh, easier for us to make content. Because I think at the end of the day, Vic and I were just so passionate about the game and talking about the game that we'd probably just rather have content out there that's 85 90% of what we would normally keep the finish at. But um, try and give us some more flexibility to embark on new things like this and uh, put some more content out there. So I thought, what better way than getting into the Necron Codex? Because let's be honest, none of my teammates want to do this with me. And uh, <laughs> and uh, there, there haven't been many Necron fans for a while. So this is what we're going to be covering today. If you're not a fan of Necrons, maybe just uh, stay around. I will for the next five minutes, and I'll go over kind of the, some of the highlights. So uh, if you're not a Necron player, or if you hate Necrons and you never want to be, but you're obviously going to be aware that they're going to be coming up, there's a couple of things to watch out for in this codex. I would probably say that sitting in the current meta, the Necron codex has the potential to be one of those top three or four armies. Uh, definitely potential to be top one of those top three or four armies, and uh, does probably have the potential to win a, a big tournament. There's some kind of staple key units which you're going to see. One, if you've probably already heard of it, is the Canoptic Wraith. It's extremely well pointed for how durable it is. Uh, and that's going to be a common staple. So that's going to be toughness six wounds, four, five, I feel no pain, four, a bin bun, uh, on a um, yeah, on a four wound model. So you're going to want to consider maybe how you're going to tackle that. Uh, Katans are probably going to be quite popular. The Nightbringer, I've really been enjoying playing. Uh, he just auto deletes anything he's in combat with. Uh, but once again, it's quite slow. Uh, then in addition to that, some of those... Uh, pesky units that you've probably seen in the past or if you've played against Necrons are basically gone so uh, you don't have to play against any warriors anymore more or less uh, but they're going to be replaced by a unit called Immortals probably they are the one of the big standout units here in the um, uh, in the Canoptic Court detachment which allows them to do kind of turn them into a Kassikin uh, <laughs> back when Kassikin could do six mortals six mortals six mortals uh, you could do that but you can direct them all to one target now with Immortals so uh, mortal Immortals, uh, there we go. They're going to be really popular as well. So those are probably the three key ones that you need to be aware of. They do have some limitations though. Uh, seldom people will probably play the fallback shoot and charge. So things like Wraiths, uh, you know, aren't going to be able to fallback shoot and charge. Immortals probably not as well. So there are tagging options in there to slow them down. They do take a lot of characters and the characters are a bit more easy to pick up these days because Previously, you'd have the characters in big warrior bricks that you're probably never going to kill. Uh, now they actually have to be a part of the unit that they're attached to that's going to be hurtling across the field, uh, like the Technomancer with Wraiths. Uh, if they put that unit in, you're able to kill it in one unit in your turn, then effectively you're going to pick up the Assassinate for that as well. So I would say on whole, the Necron Codex is uh, it's quite flavorful. There's some interesting uh, detachments there, but the internal balance is probably not on point uh there are definitely some standout units and i think it took the community a whole of 
30 seconds to uh, <laughs> to pick those up. And when the points got released, everyone thought, oh, race to the same points. Wow, okay. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, but what I would say is that on par, it's more fun from both players' perspectives uh, than the previous codex, which or the previous index, which is a big step forward. So I think I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with what they've produced here. Uh, but there's a few things to go, a uh, few things that probably need to get toned down or some things that just need to get made a little bit better as well because there's still some trash in there like usual. All right, so I'm going to jump into it. Now, like every new codex, we've got the uh, existing detachment. And I think, you know, provided the marine detachment, uh, I think the existing detachment actually sits usually in the middle of the park or maybe just one under the best detachment usually. Still got a lot of good options here. You've got the uh, detachment ability here. While a Necron character model is leading a unit, uh, you get to add one to the hit roll, which is pretty relevant considering that the other best attachment is basically full rerolls to hit. Uh, obviously, it's not that, but um, you know you get to supplement that with some, maybe some better enhancements. Veil of Darkness uh, being one, which is pretty pretty solid. Uh, uh, this used to be Silver and Corona, which is a plus one um, leader. Uh, it's a counts as being led by uh, Aura, which is plus one to hit, basically. And you can get that for units that otherwise couldn't be joined by characters, which is quite nice. And then the uh, this used to be a Serpentmental Weave, I think it was called, four up, feel no pain. Uh, then you've got all the hosts of strats that used to be the same there. The big key one probably being uh, Protocol of the Undying Legions, which is no longer really that relevant because um, Warriors have been nerfed significantly, so have Crypto Thralls out the window. So Protocols of the Undying Legions um, is maybe one reason you might want to stick with this, but there's so much more spice yet to come. All right, let's kick it off with the Annihilation Legion. This is maybe the worst one. Uh, I'm yet to find a really good use case for this, uh, primarily because it really limits what you're going to take. Now, what I should have said is before is that each of these uh, detachments that you can take now feel a lot more like the Army of Renowns. You basically need to play one type of unit so in this detachment for example destroyer cult or flayed ones you know if you have those keywords so it's things like ophidian destroyers um locust destroyers uh and then um like flayed one keywords for example now for some reason games workshop have decided to use this mechanic uh below half strength again and i don't think i've seen many if any competitive builds that take advantage of this below half strength um kind of mechanic here it's simply too hard to use, but if you do get it, you get plus one to the charge. Now, everything in your army gets to reroll a charge, which, okay, that's not terrible. Well, everything, I mean, destroy a cult and flayed ones. And I think this would actually not be that bad. However, obviously, if you're trying to build a unit, uh, an army around this, you maybe want to make it more melee orientated. Uh, the best way of using this entire detachment is probably with Locust Destroyers to get your opponent's unit below half strength. And then you get plus one to charge and reroll charges. But I mean, that's, that's asking quite a lot, isn't it? So the detachment rule is not very powerful, but maybe there's something in the enhancements. Uh, not really, unfortunately, which is why this detachment is, I think, is probably the worst one. Uh, four up fight on death uh, for your unit, per, well, models. Uh, not terrible. Uh, once again, these to point. These are usually between 10 and, 10 and 20 points here. I don't know right off the top of my bat. Uh, crit wounds, you get plus one AP. I mean, it's just abysmal, isn't it? You know, like every time you make a crit wound, plus one AP. Why don't they just give it plus one AP all the time? It's not really a big difference. Uh, this one here is by far the best one, Solar's Reaper. Uh, each time an enemy unit with an engagement range of the bearer's unit is selected to fall back, roll 1d6 
on the three plus you cannot fall back and you must remain stationary you know things like eight bound in the past and uh well and currently and many other units in the past that prevent you from falling back is have oftentimes been the key to any good melee orientated plan the problem is that this is just one unit however the destroy units are quite large in their footprints so you can potentially tag multiple units uh, with your one unit, which will prevent them from falling back. But what I would say is that a lot of uh, armies we see nowadays have a good combination of fighting uh, and shooting. So preventing your opponent from falling back is not necessarily the game-breaking thing it used to be when we used to have a bit more monodimensional armies, uh, like a shooting uh, a combat versus a shooting army, for example. <laughs> I mean, look at this garbage. Eldritch Nightmare is the last enhancement. At the start of the fight phase, each enemy unit with an engagement range must take a Battleshock test. Now it is each enemy unit with engagement range so you can battle shock them then they can't interrupt but i mean or you know full rerolls to hit uh, but i mean it's not not fantastic <laughs> i say that now reading it that's probably better than the other two it's probably the second best one so annihilation legion you know hasn't got a lot to work with here we've got a couple of strats uh you know let's look at some of the better ones here mm -hmm. minus one to hit if you're in combat more or less or well, minus one to hit, it's basically lightning flash reflexes. Uh, not terrible, pretty good. Um, then we've got, if you're below starting strength, plus one to hit. If you're below half strength, plus one to wound. Not terrible, but given that you're probably playing heavy destroyers uh, or um, uh, the destroyer, you know, uh, Scorpic destroyers, then you're probably going to be one-shotting the unit that you're going into. Uh, because they do have, I think they're like three or four attacks, and then they're in, up, in the upper bounds of the strength and toughness and damage. So, I don't know, maybe good. if On flayed ones, though, probably quite good, yeah. Flayed ones, you could get them hitting on twos, and then rerolling wounds, uh, not terrible. Uh, yeah, if your units blow half strength, reactivate your reanimation protocols. Pretty bad, you know, just destroyed. I mean, sorry, if you destroyed any units, so even uh, more conditional in that one. And then, uh, you know, additional pile and consolidate six instead of three. This is probably one of the better ones, one CP. And then we've also got, uh, yeah, when you charge, one of these generic, when you charge, deal mortals uh, at the end uh, of the charge phase. Oh, sorry. Your opponent's movement phase just after an enemy unit falls back. That's when they fall back. It's uh, even worse, actually, because you'd rather this be on the charge. So blood fuel, cruelty. Uh, when they fall back, you get to deal mortal wounds to them. Pretty poor. I would say though is that all these uh, stratagems are minor, uh, are one CP, which is good, and they've got two battle tactics. So the battle tactic one is actually at least the, the six inch pylon, so that's not bad. And then the battle tactic is also plus one to hit, plus one to wound if they're below half. Uh, they've got three battle tactics. It's an interesting thing. Uh, I don't know why some legions have zero battle tactics and some have three. So I don't really understand how that works. All right, straight on to the juice. This is the juiced up detachment. So this one, and uh, really it's kind of contention for what is the second best after this. Now I've played maybe three, four, five, six games of Necrons. Most of them have been with the Canopticorn, uh, and I've tried uh, one with another one and another one uh, in the hyperphasing core as well. But this is the best one. Your army detachment rule is very similar to the demon effect when you control objectives in the middle of the battlefield or your deployment zone or your opponent's deployment zone whilst you're in there in that region your each cryptic or canoptic model from your army gets full rerolls to hit and even if you don't control them you get reroll hit rolls of one so really good army ability this is something that necrons have struggled with for so long 
the innate non-reroll uh, orientation uh, orientation of your army it's just made it quite inefficient to get any real damage. And a lot of the platforms that you see that I'll highlight later are you know kind of BS four no rerolls uh, situations. So suddenly when you strap four rerolls to hit on them, quite a lot better. So very powerful. This is an A plus uh, detachment rule, I think. One of the better ones in the game for sure. Uh, and it's actually a little bit better than the demon one, if I recall, because it checks at the start of the phase. So at the start of the shooting phase, it'll check. So you can jump on in your movement phase, start of the shooting phase, it checks. Uh, and then, for example, at the start of the charge phase, it'll check. And then at the start of the fight phase, uh, you can, it'll check as well. So you can very easily get in shooting and combat. And you're probably going to be playing a lot of decent OC models, so you will always have that. It's just safe to assume you will always get full rerolls to it, more or less. <laughs> uh okay on to the as if the detachment rule didn't get good enough on to the enhancements first up cryptic model only your bearers unit has the infiltrate ability a plus uh this is a hit um put it on wraiths and put it on technomancer boom you're ready for action uh you want a unit that's tanky enough and that has enough melee punch and enough speed to take advantage of that technomancer plus wraiths is exactly perfect combo for that this one here is not bad hyperphasic fulcrum and in any other attachment you'd probably play this uh you know whenever you're leading a unit uh if you're within your army's power matrix reroll a wound roll of one pretty solid wraiths have strength six i want to say off the top of my head uh, on their um on their claws so not bad uh the only thing is that immortals already get innate rerolls of one so this one here you're probably not going to see so much i would love this to have been maybe uh you know because cryptic models and characters you can put on that basically can only join three units immortals necrons and uh i want to say uh wraiths i don't think lich guy can get led by them maybe i'm wrong but um you know re-rolling wound roll of one it would have been cool if maybe this was an enhancement that you could pick a cryptic unit in your command phase and it gets wound rerolls of one but as it stands probably not that useful auto divinator uh this is an oddly worded strap uh oddly worded enhancement but it's it's all right 10 points, so it's very cheap. I think it's 10 points. Each time your opponent gains a CP as a result of an ability, roll 1d6 on a 2+, plus. you also gain 1 CP. So, you know, given how popular Eldar is, it's not the worst one. Now, remember, if you discard to get a battle tactic or something, that's not an ability, technically, or something. So, you know, on 2+, plus, you can get more CP. This detachment loves CP and has amazing stratagems. So, not bad, depending on your build. I could see definitely see downgrading a unit that was 70 points to one that's 60 points to include this perhaps if it can fulfill the same role. Um, Metal Odermal Tesla Weave, sick name. Uh, not that great though. If you charge, get charged, you can zap people. Your standard two plus, you know, D3, six, it's uh, three models. Typically speaking, you know, you're probably going to get charged once and then die. So not really that useful. All right, but it gets better and better. So we've already covered, you know, one very good enhancement and a great army detachment rule. So we'll go on to the next uh, most important thing for what, which, you know, deciding which detachments are best. And uh, it gets absolutely better and better. First one's a bit situational. When a unit from your opponent's army destroys one of your cryptic models, uh, you can just get plus one to hit and wound against it not terrible if there are some big units so uh you know wraith guard for example or an incarn uh not bad there actually you know forge fiend you might use it uh or you might use it against uh some other big target as well so not terrible situational one cp you know 
a situational stratagem that's good in situations is still a good stratagem to have as opposed to the annihilation legion that just had generically strats you could use in situation in like quite commonly but they were just quite weak you would rather have a deep good situational one rather than weak generic strats uh this is a great one and you'll notice that it's a battle tactic stratagem i don't know why they decide to make devastating wound stratagems battle tactics i thought they would have learned that lesson by now but they didn't uh two cp battle tactic which effectively means it's zero uh until the end of your phase weapons get the devastating wounds ability well my friends what can join immortals well your plasmancer which is going to crit you on fives to hit and then your lord which is actually a pretty good model anyway so one thing that's really common and is really good in this build is you play the uh, a generic lord or maybe the lord the new lord model that has a auto six advance the plasmance that lets you crit on five pluses uh and then you just shoot someone uh with your immortals now basically you're going to be um hitting on threes with fives and sixes uh double tesla but because you're in your power matrix uh, and you have a cryptic unit, uh, then you're going to get four rerolls to hit. So I don't know the math off the top of my head, but it's probably like 130% conversion. Then since you're a, an immortal, you're going to be rerolling ones to wound minimum. And if they're on an objective, then you're rerolling full wounds and you've got devastating wounds. So um, at 130% conversion, you're looking at roughly 26 hits with four rerolls. Uh, it works out to be I think actually it's more than that because uh, it's fives and sixes. So it's probably like 32, 34 hits. And then that works out to be sixes re-rolling uh, for devastating wounds in that case as well. So you're talking about 11 and a half um, mortal wounds, um, devastating wounds on average there. Uh, a devastatingly good unit and a lot of saves in addition to that. Uh, very good strat, A+. Solar Pulse. Uh, this is decent, but you've got so many good strats here that you're not probably going to use this one very much. Uh, one cryptic model from your army, select one objective mark within 18 inches of your cryptic model, which is probably your whole army based on the way you're going to build this. Uh, Necron models get ignored cover whilst um, they're targeting a unit on an objective marker. So, you know, generic point something at it, everything, uh, a unit on that objective marker, ignore cover. Um, this ability, the next stratagem is insanely good. Reactive subroutines. Uh, it is straight up, if, you, if your opponent moves within nine inches of you, Move six. Money. Uh, you know, obviously, Phantasm is extremely strong. Uh, squad Tactics is extremely strong as well. And this goes fantastically on Wraiths, where you want to stage into your opponent, then they can maybe charge you, and then you can move back outside of nine, so it's a 10-inch charge. You move 10, so then you can move 10 into them in your turn, and then charge them. It means that you've got the upper, upper kind of foot on many engagements. Uh, insanely good. Insanely good for line of sight blocking, or even just like, if your opponent sets up a charge on multiple units, you could move your wraiths in front of your units. They have to charge your wraith unit, and you counter punch while you're shooting that thing behind them. Uh, insanely good, one CP, absolute money. Uh, but um, it, it, I mean, it gets even better. This this detachment has the full suite of stratagems that you would love to have in any single any army. Uh, the next one is counter temporal shift, uh, canoptic unit from your army, which is great because you know you can have a lot of canoptic units uh can't be targeted outside of 12. yep they keep printing it a lot of armies get this one cp can't be targeted outside of 12. uh really really solid um extremely good on any canoptic unit uh canoptic doomstalker canoptic wraiths 
so you can have wraiths at stage, move 10, can't be targeted outside of 12, and can move six if you move within nine. Really powerful. And once again, both of those that I've just mentioned have one CP each. Uh, the next one, uh, you know, a little bit situational. When your opponent declares a charge, uh, you can target a Canoptic unit that was in your um, wholly within your power matrix, and you can activate its reanimation protocols. Now, reanimation protocols are nowhere near as powerful as they were before, primarily because they were busted on the warrior unit, um, and the reanimator's got a small nerf to its, um, well, a 50% nerf to its aura ranging. So, yeah, not going to see that one too many times. So, at the end of the day, we've got three A-plus stratagems, one very good situational one, uh, and then two meh mediocre ones. Uh, this makes the Canoptic Corp the pick for me, and it's probably going to be the most common one that you're going to play against. All right, on to the next one. I think this one is actually the second best uh, out of all of them. Um, Obishan's Phalanx. I'm going to murder that name, but uh, it's basically the kind of Overlord, Lich Guard, Triac, Praetorian uh, um, uh, detachment. Now, I'm calling it the second best one. However, it's nowhere near as good as a Canoptic Court. So don't get me wrong. Just because it's second doesn't mean it's close. Uh, I think that there are there's still quite a wide gap between this and the Canoptic Court. But a good skew build in here could be quite interesting. Right. Uh, so you pick a unit in your command phase, get plus one to wound against it. Okay. Really solid. And you'll notice that uh, it actually says Overlord unit. And uh, you can have an overlord join a unit that might not have had this keyword before, and then you get plus one to wound as well. So actually pretty solid. You know, you get plus one to wound um, Immortals, for example, you know, plus one to wound Lich Guard. Uh, pretty cool. Just make sure I didn't butcher one. Each time an overlord, Lich Guard, or Triac unit from your army, uh, you can re-roll one to add one to wound. Uh, there is a Triac Stalker as well, which got an upgrade, which is um, potentially a good unit now. Enhancements. Uh, this enhancement is uh, pretty bad. <laughs> Honorable combatant, if an overlord kills a character, your opponent loses one CP. Okay, I don't know why they print those things. That's terrible. <laughs> Next one, overlord model only. The bearer's melee weapons have precision and anti-infantry. Anti-infantry 5+. plus. I mean, what overlord model is going to be wounding on fives against an infantry model, infantry character? <laughs> so you basically get precision. <laughs> Which, which you could pay one CP for and get anyway. So kind of two misses right there off the bat, right? Uh, the next one, Warrior Noble, is minus one to hit. So it gives your um, uh, unit minus one to hit in melee, which uh, not terrible. You can get minus one to hit other ways from ranged, but not really the best enhancement either. Okay, that's fine. Maybe there's still something in the bag here. <laughs> uh, next is Eternal Conqueror. Each time a model from the bearer's unit makes an attack that targets an enemy within range of objective marker, you can reroll the hit roll. A plus, this one's really, really good. Uh, and it's one you're gonna take every time and it combos well with your ability to get plus one to wound as well. Nice combo there. Alrighty. Uh, let's get on to the strats because kind of the strats kind of make it or break it at this point really, don't they? Uh, when your opponent's warlord is destroyed, um, each time an enemy unit takes a battle shock or leadership test, subtract one from the result. Right. That's terrible. Never use that. Full stop. <laughs> uh, enslaved Artifice. Uh, you're shooting or fight phase. Target one Necron unit that has not been selected to fight this phase. An unmodified hit roll of five scores a crit hit. Pretty good. And it's a battle tactic. Now, there might be some abilities you can combo together to get, uh, you know, lethal hits, five plus crit, and you get to re-roll the hit if you're on objective. Could be, this has a lot of potential, this one. Next one, nano assembly uh, protocols. 
Opponent shooting a fight phase after an enemy has selected as targets. One CP, minus one damage on any Necron vehicle. Really solid. Uh, any army would absolutely kill for this ability. A lot of the Necron vehicles have kind of four up inbuns as well, and they're or either that or they're quite well pointed for the defensive profile. Minus one to, uh, damage is really, really nice. So that's an A plus strat. And that's a battle tactic as well. Don't know why that's a battle tactic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's any vehicle models that give free strats, but uh, I'll be spamming them. Um, okay, next one is a Lich Guard or Triarch Praetorians, which is probably just going to be Lich Guard, depending, uh, because they cost, you know, they cost it quite well. One CP, four plus, fight on death. Not terrible. It makes you kind of, it makes the Lich Guard even better into the melee trading game. So not terrible at all. One CP, Lich Guard or Triarch unit gets precision. Uh, actually, situationally, a really good um, uh, strat here. Your entire unit getting precision is completely different from just like one model or your big character getting precision. Much, much better. Because you, you basically, you would kill their character, then all your damage would spill over onto the units you would normally kill anyway as well. So you've got such a high chance at killing the character, not whiffing, and then still getting the same amount of damage, more or less, onto the unit. Uh, so really good. Uh, 1 CP plus 1 OC on your Lich Guard or Trike Praetorians. Uh, this is really good. If you've got the vehicle keyword, uh, then you get plus three OC. I don't know which, maybe the Triarch Stalker has the Triarch Praetorian keyword. Uh, I'm not sure, but I don't actually know where these keywords exist on a vehicle, but I'm sure we'll find out. So yeah, I think this one's got potential. Uh, Lich Cart went down in points a lot. They went from, I think, 220 to 170. Now they did get nerfed. They've got no more super transhuman. It's just if your strength is above your toughness transhuman, uh, then in addition to that, they obviously lost the kind of crypto thralls and the reanimation. Uh, so, you know, they lost a lot, but at the same time, they're way cheaper. So you can get a Lich Guard plus a Lord for, I think, around a 230. So uh, 30 Lich Guard, three Lords runs you 690 points, which pretty, you know, that's pretty good considering a lot of these battle tactics. And um, you can get plus one OC, really solid, I think. All right, Hypercrypt Legion. This is the uh, next detachment. This one here is interesting. And I think Games Workshop, no, I very much doubt they had the foresight of nerfing units so that this Legion wouldn't be too broken. I think they just, those two things kind of happened to coincide with one another and, uh, and it worked out well in avoiding a disaster because this Legion is deceptively powerful of only and would be broken if some units were a lot better. The detachment rule is basically in Strike Force, a 2000 point game. You pick up three units and you can put them back into Strike Reserve every single turn uh, for the rest of the game. So, turn one, you're going to pick something up, but it does go back into Strike Reserves. So, I don't know how your TO rules it, but you might not be able to put them back in the sky turn one. But turn two, pick them up at the end of turn, come in. You know, at the end of your opponent's turn, or you can even leave them uh, in your opponent's. Um, you can leave them in strat reserve. So, if your opponent goes, um, if you go first, and then you move, your opponent goes in their turn. You pick up at the end of their turn, and then deep strike them on your turn too. Uh, or you, if you go second, or even if you go first, you can do that same um, uh, same bit of play, and then rapid ingress them in your opponent's turn, which is quite powerful when you think about a satan that only moves six inches. You can pull them back off the board, rapid ingress them in your opponent's turn. All right, uh, this one here, uh, Dimensional Overseer, is uh, an enhancement that lets you pick up one more unit. Now, a lot of people think that's kind of bad, but when I played this, I actually found that 
Oftentimes, if I could just pick up one more unit, it'd be super useful. So I think the Dimensional Overseer is actually quite a good enhancement. Uh, Arisen Tyrant is the best enhancement in here. Uh, it, if you were set up basically on the board using the uh, hyperphasing, but I, <laughs> I like to call it hyperspace. If you're set up using hyperspace, you get four rerolls to hit. Really good. Uh, that's an A+. Really good on like heavy destroyers, uh, especially when they um, had the 5 plus uh, lethals with the Lord joining. Uh, next one is Auto Advance 6. Uh, not a bad enhancement. And the next one is um, Osteoclave Fulcrum. Uh, your unit gets the Deep Strike ability, which is actually quite good in this detachment because things like Warriors or Immortals don't naturally Deep Strike. So that's not bad. But there is a 1 CP strat that counteracts this. So I'm not sure how much you take um, Osteoclave Fulcrum. I think the uh, Risen Tyrant and Dimensional Overseer are both really good picks. Up. Okay. Let's get on to the strats. Now, uh, I played some games with this and I was a little bit, I was really impressed by the strats, but the units kind of let it down. So the first stratagem is called uh, Hyperphasic Recall. Now, you, in my opinion, you should play a Monolith if you're going to play this de uh, detachment. However, I think an MSU shooting orientated build is perfectly valid as well. But, I mean, this does incentivize you very heavily to play a Monolith. This one is whenever a Necron's infantry is lost a model as a result of shooting or the fight phase, you can teleport that unit back to your Monolith for 2 CP. It's quite powerful because what you can do is you can put your monolith within six inches of a middle objective. Then when you lose a model, teleport your warriors or, you know, immortals or blade ones or lich guard or whatever back onto that objective and then um, reactively take, take, uh, take the primary that way. It's quite powerful. And you can have a reanimator sitting there such that you then teleport in range of objective and a reanimator, then reanimate um, and be on objective. Uh, really powerful strat. It's two CP though, uh, but it is very powerful. Quantum deflection. Uh, Necron Vehicle gets a 4-up in one. Put that on the Monolith if you're playing it. <laughs> pretty straight, uh, pretty standard. Reanimation Crypts lets you activate your reanimation protocols for things that are in reserves. Not particularly relevant. Uh, I didn't use it because uh, this, this detachment is quite CP-hungry as well. This is a very good A-plus strat. Cosmic Precision. Uh, this lets you arrive 3 inches from enemy models when you arrive from Strat Reserve. Now, the reason this is great is because Obviously, arriving three inches is amazing. But in addition to that, if your unit doesn't naturally deep strike, this gets around that and just lets you... It, this kind of supplants the need to arrive from six inches within a board edge because it just says you may arrive three inches horizontally away from enemy units. So this is fantastic. Uh, you know, the kind of combos that everyone wants to think about is, you know, you string out 20 warriors, then, you know, you deny their primary, you move block them, then you hyperphasic recall back to your monolith in range of... Uh, you know, a reanimator that move blocks them again, and you're on objective. Uh, you can do these things in this, but I think as we'll see later on, warriors are a bit too easy to kill for that. Dimensional corridor. Uh, this one's quite good, and if you can get a, you know, get the right unit for it, it's quite good as well. This is two CP, and when a unit arrives um, with the eternal gateway ability of the monolith. It can then charge after that. So the monolith has an ability naturally that lets you put a Necron infantry unit within six inches of it, irrespective of it being outside of, you know, um, nine inches or six inches of an enemy unit. So you can be, you can't be within engagement range, but uh, you could get your Illumina series and then um, deep pick them up at the end of the board, uh, end of your opponent's turn, and then deep strike him one inch away from your opponent's um, army, and then uh, then pay two CP for him to charge. It's quite a good uh, strat. Not really sure what it's going to be most useful for. Uh, kind of flayed ones come to mind. Uh, delivering like a big unit of Lich Guard as well. 
might be good as well. Uh, typically, a unit is quite slow. And then the uh, last one is the uh, entropic dampening. Uh, this is not terrible. Uh, it's one CP. All your opponent's weapons become hazardous uh, for the unit that just shot your monolith. Not terrible. If your opponent has lots of different weapons, then it's good. But seldom, I don't really think that's happening. Uh, and it's a lot better, obviously, if they're a vehicle. So very interesting detachment. I'm kind of curious to see where people go with this one. Uh, I like the Katan in this one specifically because you can keep bouncing them up and then rapid ingress them in your opponent's turn. Really helps with, with the mobility of that. But I found that the damage was kind of lacking in this one. I did find the Monolith to be quite good though, especially when you roll two sixes on your uh, death ray. <laughs> so we've got the units here. Now, obviously you can read through all the units uh, yourself. I'm just going to cover the ones that I've personally played with just because uh, it kind of gives a bit more context. Silent King, never played with them. He's trash. Uh, Stormlord is good and a valid input into most armies. He has the, obviously, key ability to give you one more CP. Now, I played him in Hyperphasic. I thought that was a good pick there because Hyperphasic is very CP hungry. So, if, And your key kind of goes with Warriors and Mortals and, and Lich Guard. So, you know, if you're putting him with a Lich Guard, you know, fair play to you, mate. I, I think he has a noble keyword as well. So uh, he's quite good in there. And, and that means he'll um, give the Lich Guard uh, minus one to wound. The strength is higher than the toughness. So, yeah, not bad. Uh, CP's really good. Uh, his ability, uh, Lord of the Storm, which hits everything within 12, super relevant as well. I think he got one more wound as well. Uh, two up save, four up in bun. Nice guy. Only 100 points, so not too expensive. Now, Illumina Series. Uh, this guy went down in points, and, you know, you can argue with he got side graded, but at the be-all, end-all, he went down in points. Now, I think if... Illumina Sirius had some better battle line units to buff. I could really see him seeing a lot of play. But I think what will happen is that when people start to use kind of warriors and immortals, they'll kind of quickly find out that they are really not that durable to begin with. So you're kind of investing a lot of points to make a unit that's not really great at that function kind of mediocre at it. Uh, so I think Illumina Sirius is interesting. I would almost play him as a standalone unit, though. I think he's maybe even better, just as 160-point character, 4-up feel no pain, 2-up save, 9 wounds, T8. He's got 4 attacks, 9-3-3, three, three, and then um, OC3, which is more than a Rhino. So if you've got 160 points, which I had in the list, actually, I would actually almost consider Illumina. Uh, he's lone up as well, uh, if you're within 3, of course, which you would be. So he's uh, he's an interesting one, but I don't think he's going to be in the optimal builds um, because I don't think the optimal builds will take use of lots of immortals or lots of warriors, for example. I think the data sheet just got hit a little bit too hard. Trey's and the infinite, he's still awful. I don't know why they give him such a lame ability. Well, I know because of the law, but it's uh, it's a little bit uh, a little bit weak. Orc and the diviner copped a huge nerf. Uh, as they say. Uh, did she really? Well, she did get a big nerf, uh, mainly because she cannot join Lich Guard anymore. She can still join Immortals and Necron Warriors, and I still think she's a very valid pick if you're going to pick that. So, yeah. But the problem is you can't actually take her with Lich Guard with the big uh, Scythes now. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't take Orokin and then uh, Stormlord and a big unit of Lich Guard with Scythes and give them the 4-up in one and then have more damage in the, uh, in the Legion that I mentioned before, which I'd be good in. It's a shame. Ah, cool model. Uh, right, now the uh, new Overlord we've got. This guy's pretty solid. He's he's pretty cheap as well. He's not that much more than a normal Lord. I think he runs 80 points. You know, he's got four attacks with the blade. Pretty solid. Uh, hits on twos. Uh, two up, four up, six wounds. 
he's got the resorb, which has changed. I'll get to that in a second. But uh, more importantly, he lets you auto advance six, and you can go over, you know, buildings or whatever like that and stuff. Um, but the auto advance six is really good because you're going to probably play him with a unit of immortals. Immortals have an assault gun by definition. So the Tesla Carbine 18-inch range assault. You're then going to move five off the top of my head. They move six, 11. You've got a 29-inch threat range with your immortals. So really, really solid. Uh, the six-inch auto advance is a good price to pay for, I think, 15 more points. Now, the res orb, as we've uh, seen before, has been reworked. And you could argue it's a little bit better. Um, now, it instead of that lets you... Uh, trigger your reanimation protocols, which is key because that helps the reanimator too, for D6 wounds at the start of any phase. So this kind of lets you have a once per game thing where you're going to take a whole lot of damage, you're going to pop your resorb. If you're within range of reanimator, then you're going to reheal D6 plus D3. It's an average of five, uh, and that can really off-throw the balance of uh, whether or not your opponent can wipe a unit or not. So if they were going to kill in the shooting phase, then kill in the fight phase, you know, might throw that off a lot. Uh, really useful. Uh, I like it. And I think it's a lot more cooler, the Resurrection Orb now, than it used to be, uh, you know, every, you know, your opponent's command base and whatnot like that. Now, the Lord, uh, you can see why you wouldn't, you would take the Lord over the, uh, you know, the new Lord, uh, basically over the Overlord. He just basically gives you minus one damage to himself. Um, and, you know, he does technically have a Tachyon Arrow, but I think you would probably take the uh, Resurrection Orb. Yeah, there you go. You could always uh, substitute that out, the Tachyon Arrow. For the Resorb, and of course you would take the Resorb. Catacomb Command Barge, still, I think, almost unchanged. He His Resorb is a little bit different. You could target uh, Necron Infantry or Mounted within six. Unfortunately, you can't target Satan, which is why I think this guy would potentially be good. But because you have to target um, Infantry or Mounted, you know, uh, it's not anywhere near as good. And I don't think the builds, because the Warrior builds are a lot less uh, potent now, I don't really think his ability is as relevant. All right, let's keep going down. Uh, Scorpic Lord is trash. Uh, I don't know why he has such a weak profile. He has four attacks at uh, 10 minus 3-3. Three, three. Fantastic. That's terrible. <laughs> Locust Lord is not bad anymore. You know, well, he's basically unchanged. Um, I think this got a little... No, no, no. This only affects him. So um, basically the same, driven by hatred, only affects him. He is uh, your candidate for taking enhancements if you're going to take the uh, destroyers. He also has the Resurrection Orb, which you'd also take as well. Quite good with the combo I mentioned previously in the Hyperphasic Legion with the Heavy Destroyers, where you can crit on fives with four rerolls to hit, uh, which is uh, nice. And they have lethal hits. Royal Warden, the Royal Warden, got a huge buff. Uh, instead of becoming heavy in assault for your guns, you get fallback shoot and charge, <laughs> which is great. So in the Hyperphasic Legion, you might want to take her to let your warriors fallback shoot and charge. Uh, if this unit had this data sheet previously, Necrons would be automatically the most busted army in the game <laughs> uh, because that was their huge downside. All right, a guy you're going to be seeing a lot on the table, the Technomancer. He got a huge buff mainly because he can join different units now. Uh, as is kind of like thematic with this, Lichguard got nerfed, Wraiths got buffed, and that's because the Technomancer can't join Lichguard and he can join Wraiths now. And mainly because Wraith's got an additional wound as well. <laughs> so the Wraith basically got twice as durable because he gets a 5 up Thermal Pain and another wound now. Uh, the Technomancer joins that. And he actually has a super relevant ability is that um, his, well, his, this, the same ability he used to have is uh, at the end of your movement phase, you can heal one Necron model within six inches of the bearer. You gain D3 wounds. 
Now, you can only select the unit once per turn, but oftentimes healing a Catan for an additional D3 is really, really game-breaking. Or a Monolith, for example, if you're playing the Hyperphasic. He's really, really good. You're going to be seeing three of them, probably. Psychomancer, uh, not really that great. Don't play. <laughs> uh, the Chronomancer is an interesting choice. He's basically the same. He can draw Immortals and Necron Warriors. If you've got a little Immortal unit that you want to play as a shoot-move-shoot unit, um, super relevant. Uh, you could play it from Deep Strike, for example, where it, um, sorry, from Outflank, where it moves, shoots, moves on to on objective, uh, while still doing good damage, and you could still pay the two CP to get the devastating wounds. So, uh, really useful and inter an interesting pick. If you've got multiple immortal units, the Chronomancer is potentially very valid. Alrighty, the Plasmancer, kind of as I alluded to before, this is the guy that you're going to be seeing in combination with the Lord for Immortals. This guy gives five plus crit hits. And the reason why that's so potent is because the Immortals have Teslas on sixes and you get four rerolls to hit because you're in the Power Matrix. Really powerful. His ability, the Living Lightning, is also really, really good too. In the shooting phase, you deal, uh, you select a unit within 18 inches of this model, roll four D6s, eat four plus, you get one mortal wound. So it's like a pseudo grenade. It's two thirds of a grenade ability. Uh, really, really good at 18 inch range. Um, and you can just select one enemy unit within uh, 18 inches. Really good, I mean, against vehicles, fantastic. All right, we'll, we'll cover all the Satan now. Now the Satan have changed. They've gotten a huge buff, to be frank. Uh, every Satan now has a five up, feel no pain. Other than that, they're more or less the same. Satan Shard of the, of the Deceiver is trash because his melee is trash. Don't take him. Now, the Nightbringer got a huge buff. Obviously now he gets a five up, feel no pain, whereas he previously didn't have one and people still played him, uh, but his uh, strike profile got is d6 plus 2 instead of d6 so hugely more reliable his gaze of death is super um, powerful as well uh, 18 inch range anti-tank uh, it's only ap2 but you know you can um if you get it through it's d6 plus 3 damage right so really good satan of nightbringer i think it's the best satan in my opinion he's also like the cheapest i think he's 255 very 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 reasonable uh, the Void Dragon, which I think is the second best Satan, is your kind of anti-vehicle uh, Satan. Um, he just got the 5-up Feel No Pain from what I'm aware. But Necrons, I think, can struggle in the vehicle uh, killing department. So he is very good at that. He has a Spear, which is great against vehicles, uh, super reliable. And um, the Voltaic Storm, which is actually pretty sick. It's D6 plus 3 Blast, 7 minus 1, 2. So, you know, good against Marines and good against vehicles in both those profiles. And actually... Like many Satan, if he lives for two turns or kind of activates for two turns with full damage, he, oftentimes that can be too much for your opponent's take. And he has an ability at the start of the shooting phase that lets him pick a vehicle and deal D3 mortals to it, and then you heal that many wounds. So really good. You can heal him in the movement phase with the Technomancer, and he can heal himself as well. Really good. Uh, second best, in my opinion. The, the third best is the Transcendent Satan. I think you're probably going to be playing this guy to get uh, your secondaries, perhaps. He is, you know, he didn't get the buff that the Nightbringer got, so he's just D6 damage now, which, you know, in the world of Wraithguard, not as exciting. He also is only AP3, so, and Strike 9. So, you know, his output compared to the Nightbringer and to Wraithguard probably kills, you know, I don't know, 50% of them, as opposed to the Nightbringer, one-tapping everyone that he gets through. Right. Huge change for the book, Necron Warriors. If you see these guys anymore and you're not a Necron player, uh, you could just bully them off the board. They lost a hugely important part of their unit, which is a crypto thrall, which now that we think about it, I think was really just, you know, holding the whole unit up. 
Uh, crit with rolls, you know, with the three up base save, four up feel no pain, really allowed you to soak way too many mortals for this unit. Uh, right, made way too much damage for this unit. And in addition to that, they've lost two more things as well. You're probably not playing the Awakened Dynasty, so they probably can't reanimate when you uh, lose models. And then in addition to that, they uh, have also lost the ability to get plus three reanimation uh, back. So yeah, Necron, took a, Necron Warriors took a huge nerf and that playstyle is kind of gone. It's been supplanted by the Immortals, which as you can see, they reroll wounds on objectives. These guys are really good. You're going to be seeing them everywhere. They are very similar to a big mortal wound bomb that comes down. And at 140 points for 10, and the Lord and the Plasomancer, which I think is 130, 270 point package, they're really, really good. And they can kill a tank commander in one go. Hexmark Destroyer, he's been nerfed. Uh, he is still pretty decent. He's a 70 point low knot deep strike uh, for your army. Pretty solid. He has got the Destroyer Cult keyword, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I've currently got one in my list, uh, so not bad. If you're taking Tactical, he's quite a good option for 70 points. Lich Guard, uh, nerfed, like I said before, uh, in the sense that it's kind of a double nerf. They've been nerfed in that Orican can't join them, or a Technomancer, and they've also been nerfed that their Transhuman was nerfed. Uh, they're still Toughness 5, 3 wounds. Uh, sorry, uh, 2 wounds, 3 up save. Having said that, the Lord is very good in them, though. The Auto Advance 6, very good. Triag Praetorians are the same. Death Marks are the same. Flayed ones, the same, but I think flayed ones are not terrible. They're an infiltrate unit. Crypto thralls, massively nerfed, uh, which is good. You could make the arguments for still playing some crypto thralls. If you've got a like an immortal brick, then actually having crypto thralls is not terrible because they'll be toughness five, uh, three up save, and that's six ablative wounds that your opponent has to get through if they're trying to try and kill your immortal brick. So potentially giving you two activations of your big immortal brick, then they're not terrible. That's the only situation I'd see them in. Now, Tomb Blades, everyone has been so hot on Tomb Blades. I'm a little bit cooler on them. They have got an ability where they scout move nine, and then they also move, shoot, move six inches. So scout move nine, you know, kill some stuff, chaff in the midboard, and then move six inches back, your opponent can't see you. The issue I have with these guys is that their footprint is quite large. They're quite a large kind of spindly model. In addition to that, they have no rerolls. So you've got a unit of six, it's going to get on average 21 hit, well, 21 shots. It's going to hit 14 of those. It's going to do two dev wounds, well, 2.2 whatever dev wounds, and then maybe some other saves. It's actually not going to do that much damage. Now you could play it with the uh, twin Tesla Carbine perhaps, uh, but all in all, not as high on these guys as I think many other people were. Um, I think they're going to be too easy to pick up and probably not offer uh, enough output that you're looking for in an army that kind of struggles for output and then they're not as durable as they were before. I, if I were to run them, I'd probably run a big unit if I was going to in the three up save, move eight and stealth uh, though as well. So yeah, they're interesting, interesting pick. I'm interested to see how they pan out, but I'm not I'm not huge on them. Scorpic Destroyers, they've got, uh, well, they've got a buff, I guess. Um, you, if you made a charge, you get four rerolls to hit. Um, and if you may, if you get real ones naturally. So yeah, I mean, that's a good buff because they're not fantastic. Their cousins, Ophidian Destroyers, are actually pretty decent. You know, I played them in a list back in previous Codex. I love them to do actions. Their countercharge is not terrible, but I think there's probably better options in the Codex now uh, as it currently stands. Locust Destroyers, uh, exact same. The biggest problem they've always had is that the AP2 means that they can't really troop through the targets they need to. Heavy Destroyers, 
got a little bit of buff on their uh, uh, you know what orientation of gun they take against the target works out a little bit better uh, still solid unit to take take a couple of them canoptic reanimator now everyone thought this guy was trash after he's been nerfed I actually think he's still you know really solid he was nerfed in that his aura used to be six now it's three inches uh, but you know the flip side of that is he's only 75 points now so he went down 15 points and actually he's super hard to kill He's just toughness six, six wounds, three up save, and he's a four up feel no pain. So what unit in your army, as it currently stands, has a good profile into him? I don't know. Uh, it might be an investment that uh, doesn't pay off if you try and kill him. So he's also a vehicle, so you just go do homers in the middle or something. Um, and he's also OC3, which is more than a rhino. Cool guy. I like him. I'm basically always playing one in every list. Scarab's got way better. Uh, if you're within six inches of a canoptic unit, then you get plus one OC, which is massive for Scarabs. Uh, I actually don't have one in my list right now, but they're they're really solid. I couldn't fault anyone for taking them. They can go do actions, cleanse, uh, you know, stuff they couldn't do before. Canoptic Spiders. These guys are not terrible. They have a very important keyword, Canoptic, which means that they can get four rerolls to hit in the Canoptic Court. So pretty solid. Um, you, can, you can resurrect a Scarab, but they have two Particle Beamers. So... One of these bad boys is basically the equivalent of three Tomb Blades because they have two D6 shots, but they reroll all hits. So kind of the same, but he obviously doesn't move, shoot, move, and you know, he's obviously moved characteristic five. Uh, the better part, though, is he's toughness seven, uh, three up save, six wounds. So he's an interesting one. And actually, his melee is super good, too. Five attacks, eight, two, two, and weapon skill four, but he's going to be rerolling all hits. All right. The uh, best unit in the Codex right now, Coptic Wraiths. Huge buff. They got plus one wound and the aforementioned buffs before. Uh, their wraith form stays the same. But um, yeah, these guys are really, really good. I don't know whether or not you're supposed to play the particle caster. I kind of like the particle caster on them because with four rerolls to hit, you're going to be doing a lot better. Some people like the transdimensional beamer, which is really good against chosen. So maybe playing units of different roles and different weapon loadouts is going to be better for the meta that you're in. Really good. Triag Stalker. Is this guy got the Triag Praetorian keyword? No, he hasn't. <laughs> I don't know how that strat for one CP is going to work. Uh, yeah, Scout move eight, uh, which is a big buff for him. Uh, basically makes him way more durable because he can hide behind a piece of train. Model's still quite large though, so I don't know how it's going to function on UKTC, but a valid choice if you can make it work on your terrain, I think. Ah, Mr. Doomstalker. The, one of the coolest models in 40k, I think. Uh, War of the Worlds model. The Canoptic Doomstalker is a lot better than what it used to be. Holy. Basically, you take the existing data sheet, the same points, and you give it four rerolls to hit. And uh, that means you can really justify playing some of these. Three up save, four up and one, plus one movement uh, from the last one, and toughness eight, 12 wounds. This guy is uh, really cool. I've been playing a couple of them in my lists. I really like them. Overwatch on fives of four rerolls to hit, which kind of makes them equivalent of like hitting on threes. So, yeah, and it's 14 minus 3-3. Three, three. Really good. You can get them loan up. Uh, really, really solid. I love them. Annihilation Barge, the same. Doomsday Arc, got a little bit of a change. I think it's strength 18 now. Okay, that's cool. You can play them in the hyperphasic and deep strike them uh, within three inches. Yeah, they're pretty expensive, though, for what you get now, which is a shame. Uh, if only they had the uh, Canoptic keyword, <laughs> that'd be nuts. Ghost Arc took a big nerf. Uh, it's only once per turn now instead of once per phase. Um, so you're not resurrecting warriors anywhere near as much as you used to. 
what you can do though is you can deep strike the ghost like three inches get your guys out move shoot move get on objectives but the problem is that's just super expensive to do that uh, so big nerf doom scythe uh i have no idea because i'm never going to play one night scythe is actually kind of interesting now it's turned into a drop pod and it has a transport capacity of one necron infantry unit which is interesting you can put like 25 models in that <laughs> so yeah we'll see if this one gets played uh there are ways we can jump in shoot you know jump out shoot jump back in uh with i think the guy that uh the chronomancer you know put some immortals in there deep strike at turn one get some angles 145 points so it's actually not that pricey uh and it's got some decent shooting but it's a lot of commitment to one side of the board early on the obelisk not going to cover it and the next last thing i'm going to cover is the monolith uh is definitely a viable unit uh, definitely a good unit taking the hyperphasing um got plus two wounds and it's now got access to the four up invun i think it used to have an invun as well anyway it's got deep strike which is a great keyword in that uh court you know turn two you know you can pick up three units at the end of your opponent's turn if you go first pick up three units start your monolith and deep strike deep strike your monolith, deep strike within six charge one unit uh shoot 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 your monolith uh it's pretty good a lot of pressure and that's going to be it. So that was the last unit we got to cover. Obviously, there's the Forge World stuff as well. And there's some Canoptic keywords in there, which is probably the one you're going to be looking for. But that's basically it being it, guys. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. The Canoptic Court is definitely powerful. Been enjoying playing it. It's got a really fun play style. It doesn't, you know, it's not like broken, strong. We're going to be tabling people. Um, but the rates are pretty tanky. They had, their output's a bit low, though. Uh, so it's not like as if you're just steamrolling over someone with... Um, you know a unit that's incredibly fast tanky and uh, just kills everything in combat so uh yeah it's good i really like um the detachments and the kind of themes that they've brought through and uh i think they've done a good job i think there's some internal balance problems uh specifically around the which stratagems get labeled as battle tactics it just seems i don't actually understand how they've coded those uh, but um you know why is something a battle tactic and why is something a strategic boy maybe if you know just let me know but um yeah that's going to be it for today guys been a bit of a new format i can't guarantee that the video is going to be fantastic or if uh, the sound quality is going to be great but um yeah hope you enjoyed it and i've been david have a good one